details. I have moved about this world of ours, and ever in search of the finest of its kind, we bring you the top in Spine Chillers. The Creaking Door. Manufacturers of State Express 3-5 Silter King cigarettes take pleasure in presenting The Creaking Door. Engaged signal. 
Nothing new. I always got a busy signal when I looked for a little cheer from Stella. It was then a pair of murderers got their wires crossed. Paris, but clothes to wear, 
Wasn't just dreamy talk for Stella. It just needed my corpse to say yes. More coffee? Stella. Yes? How are the finances? Very existing. Who's the good fairy? Say what you want to say, Steve. The last job I left was three months ago. Oh. But we're eating, the landlord's not threatening, and uh, you wore a new dress last night. I'll have that coffee now. Thanks. Oh, and my insurance is all paid up. Surprise, no arrears. <laughs> Coffee's ice cold. Well, what's the answer, Stella? I've... I've borrowed. From whom? Carl Stanley. Why does Carl care? He's your friend. Making secret loans of money to my wife? I wanted the loans. Secret. Why? To... To save your pride. You resent people you're obligated to. Even friends. Now try again, Stella. Why? What is secret? To avoid this, this inquisition. Your brooding mistrust of a simple act of kindness. The search for hidden murders where there aren't any. <laughs> to avoid this insulting third degree. My friend, Carl. And Stella's lover. I knew the other man now. I went to thank Carl for favors received. Dr. Carl. I had a dream about your... A dream? Uh, that you were a cat and that you'd swallowed me. <laughs> You're not laughing? No. I never laugh at uh, symptoms. Oh, but you are laughing behind that cat smile. There's a laugh going. Steve, you're in a bad way. I didn't come here for a consultation, Doctor. You came to attack me? Why? Being careless about money. So you know about the loans? I found out about them. You've been keeping me alive for months. You're my friend. So, you own me and Stella. We're in pawn to you. You've always put things badly, Steve. And what's the analysis for that? Since you ask, insecurity. You can't accept kindnesses for what they are. Your anxieties interfere. Now, I also owe you a fee. I'm not your physician, Steve. Nor could I be. I'm your friend. My wife's friend. Your friend. We were together once, and it was good. Steve, Steve, let's go back to those days. Where... Where were we before, Carl? Mountain climbing. A log fire and a pipe full of talk before we turned in. Ah, remember Devil's Peak. Oh, what a climb. Let's go back to it, Steve. You still own that mountain cabin? Just as we left it. And the season is officially open. Let's go back to it, Steve. All right. Let's go back to it, Carl. We went back to it. It was open season, officially, for hunting deer. And unofficially, for murder. <laughs> An accidental fall with a push from behind to help, then 4,000 feet to smash against the boulder. Or an accidental rifle bullet intended for a deer? Hello, Steve! 
of anything. My hat. Your, your hat? But, but I... I'm bareheaded. I didn't wear my hat. I hung it up over there on the branch of that tree, a bullseye cow. It would have torn my head off. How did you jump to hang your hat on the branch? How did you come to shoot? There was a movement in the bush and then a shadow dropping a sun. A deer, I thought. Steve. Steve, what is this? Come out in the open. If I had, I'd be dead. Steve. You dare. You dare. I'll tell you. Your hands won't do for a rifle car. Murder me and palm it off as an accident for 500 yards in the bush. It could be a tragic mistake. The coroner wouldn't even look at you cross-eyed. I hung my hat on that branch to bait you, to catch you red-handed and as naked as sin. You actually believe I... I coaxed you up here to... to murder you? I know it. If you thought that, why did you come? To watch my murder, to enjoy it. <laughs> to see you make the kill and lose it. <laughs> to see that cat smile freeze on your mouth. The way it's freezing now. Steve. So mad. Goodbye, Carl. Let's try it again some other time. Some other time, Carl. was mine. Two deaths, Stella and Carl. And a perfect alibi for the engineer. A perfect alibi so that I would live and tend their graves. Get three fives. Get the taste. By State Express. Get the taste of international success. The taste of uniquely three fives. Only when no expense is spared in its making can a cigarette taste so light, so smooth, so satisfying. Three fives. Get the taste. The taste that State Express created for you. The taste that has made three fives. The king-size cigarette of international success. Get three fives. Get the taste. United Airlines, I want to reserve a flight ticket to Glasgow. Tonight's plane. It's got to be seven tonight. I've got urgent business. Ah, good. Steve Barrett, 27 Sand Street, Kensington. Flight 11. Thank you. Oh, oh wait, wait a minute. Um, how long to Glasgow? 
Uh, the plane lands at 10 p.m. Good. Uh, thanks again. Ticket office, another airport, a competing airline, the Bristow Airline. But I wasn't Steve Barrett at this airport ticket office. A cropped mustache, face puffed out with wads of cotton stuck between my gums and cheeks, wax pencil lines to age the face and change it. <laughs> Old amateur theatrical paying off. Yes, sir. Uh, a ticket for Glasgow, please, for the 8 p.m. flight to tonight. Hey, one moment, please. Oh, yes, that will be available. Flight 76. Sam, Sam Talbot. I live at Guildford in Surrey. What time do we land? The plane lands at 11 p.m. on ship. Stop at number three. It was the Black Arrow Cafe to talk a man into hiring out for a job. Get on a United Airlines plane for Glasgow tonight, promptly at 7. You're me, Steve Barrett. On the plane, you mind your own business, attract no more attention than necessary. Go to sleep with a newspaper on your face. What do I do? On that? landing at 10 p.m., you telephone this telegram to my wife. Tell us, just arrived, Glasgow, concerning newspaper job. Yes, and so on and so on. Phone it in promptly, as close to 10 p.m. as you can. And then lose yourself, take a train somewhere. And then. You've murdered your wife, and you're in the clear with a perfect alibi. What's my cut of the insurance? <laughs> oh, quit rolling your eyes, Governor. Your scheme is now to work out, Jenna. Oh, I'd forgotten that Stella, too, was in trouble. Oh, yes, I'm sure you forgot. I'd forgotten that Stella, too. What's the matter? You and a day. <clears throat> you know your instructions. Oh, yeah, I know something else, too. Something else? This perfect murder's been a long time, actually. That's why you made inquiries about me. Well, of course. You've been weeks trying to find a spit bloke like me. All right, Governor. I'm your boy now. But you're my boy, too. So long, Governor. I'll be reading about you in the newspapers. Had the perfect murder for Stella's insurance been a long time hatching with me? Had McCabe, a perfect stranger, reached deeper into my mind than I, Dad, and... But Stella and Carl had crossed wires only one week ago. My motive to kill, my reason for revenge, was only one week old. I was in Carl's apartment at 6 p.m. sharp waiting for him. We shared rooms once before my marriage to Stella. I knew Carl had it. Home at 6 to shave before dinner out and his evening consultation. Oh, welcome home, Carl. Steve. <laughs> You'll notice that I'm not using a rifle. You're here to murder me? No, I'm going to murder Stella. Through you. Steve, get hold of yourself. No consultation, Doctor. I owe you too much already. Do just as I say. As you say, Steve. These trinkets. Hmm. A lipstick, initial cigarette case, face handkerchief. Uh, mementos left by Stella in her rendezvous here with you. 
scatter them about the room, Carl. Oh, one in a dressing table drawer. One carelessly here, one there. Steve, you're mistaken. Believe me. Gather them, Carl. Now there on the table. Ah, the pencil and paper. Your personal stationery. Now write as I dictate and write in a scrawl, Carl, no penmanship. Ready now? Ready. Stella Barrett shot me. We quarreled. I wanted to end our affair. That's all, Carl. Drop your pencil. You weren't dead or not at once. A breath of life was left just enough to name your murderer. Steve, Steve, I swear it. There was nothing between your wife and me. Only concern for you. Concern enough to plot to murder me. Steve, it's only in your mind. Some morbid idea that but you... I overheard. You... You overheard? Your telephone talk with Stella a week ago. Hmm. <laughs> you got your wires crossed, Carl. <laughs> I was on that line calling home. I dialed home and heard myself sentenced to death. Steve, there never was such a telephone call. The night you met Stella at the Café Creole. Mm, you've forgotten, Carl. I've never been in a Café Creole. Not once in my life. It, it's just something you've invented. You've just plucked it out of the ether. It, it won't work, Carl. You, you can't mix me up. trying to hang on to what I know. It's a minute after six, Carl. I'm here murdering you, but at the moment I'm in a plane 10,000 feet in the air flying to Glasgow. That's what I know. All I want to know. You have Stella all to yourself when she's hanging your murder. No, Steve, no more! against the floor where he'd fallen to break his wristwatch. Fix the time of his death at two minutes past six. I was on a plane to Glasgow as alias Sam Talbot of Guildford, Surrey, at 8 p.m. sharp. <laughs> Sam Talbot was a man with a moustache and a pudgy face, no resemblance to me. My crime had the finesse that makes murder an art of bungling. Two deaths, Carl and Stella, and a perfect alibi for the engineer. A perfect alibi so that I could live a night's sleep with my name on a Glasgow hotel register, then a routine application for the newspaper job to cover my trip, and I was back in London late afternoon the next day. The city was full of the sensational arrest of Stella in the toils, murder and the supreme penalty. Her death was only a question of time now, only time. Later, I saw Stella, by the mission of the authorities. We sat in a stone room. This time it was different. I was her executioner now. But her eyes on me were, were eyes of pity. You've been clever, Steve. They'll convict me and put me to death, I know. But I don't care. I want it to be like that. You, you want it to be like that, you said? I'll die. 
and the dead to pain. But you live and life to pain. I wouldn't have it any other way. You're getting what, what you deserve to get. You must think that because you're insane, Steve. Huh? I never realized how insane. I must think what I know to be so. You know only what your insanity invents. I'm sorry for you. Huh? You're sorry for me? <laughs> You're sorry for me? <laughs> words and tricks, tricks with words. Stella was trying to unnerve me, steal my victory by making me suspect my own motives.
the manufacturers of State Express 3-5 Filter King cigarettes invite you to listen next Saturday at 9 o'clock when they will again present 